This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Today is Palm Sunday. Our Lenten journey is nearly over. And here we will hear a homily from St. Alphonsus Liguori, where he will essentially tell us that we are like those who wave palm fronds at our Lord as he approached the Holy City who were then the same people just several days later who participated in putting him on the cross. Something to think about. And how is it that we are the same? Through our sins. We profess with our lips that Christ is king. Most of us do. And yet here we are doing things that, that contribute to his agony. Here are the words of St. Alphonsus Liguori. I'll have some more thoughts on this at the end. St. Alphonsus Liguori's famous sermon number 20, his Palm Sunday sermon, on the evil effects of, shall we say, bad habits. Go ye into the village that is over against you, and immediately you shall find an ass tied. See the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verse 2. Wishing to enter Jerusalem, to be there acknowledged as the promised Messiah sent by God for the salvation of the world, the Savior said to his disciples, Go to a certain village, and you will find a donkey tied, a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. The donkey which was tied, says St. Bonaventure, denotes a sinner. This exposition is conformable to the doctrine of the wise man, who says that the wicked are bound by the chains of their own sins. His own iniquities catch the wicked, and he is fast bound with the rope of his own sins. But as Jesus could not sit on the donkey before she was loose, so he cannot dwell in a soul bound with her own iniquities. If then, brethren, there be among you a soul bound by any bad habit, let her attend the admonition which the Lord addresses to her this morning. Loose the bond off thy neck, captive daughter of Sion. See Isaiah chapter 2. Loose the bonds of your sins which make you the slave of Satan. Loose the bonds before the habit of sin gains such power over you as to render your conversion morally impossible, and thus to bring you to eternal perdition. This morning I will show you in three points the evil effects of bad habits. First point, a bad habit blinds the understanding. Second point, it hardens the heart. Third point, it diminishes our strength. First point, a bad habit blinds the understanding. 1. Of those who live in the habit of sin, St. Augustine says, the habit of sin blinds sinners so that they can no longer see the evil which they do, nor the ruin which they bring upon themselves. Hence they live in blindness, as if there was neither God nor heaven nor hell nor eternity. Sins, adds the saint, however enormous, whenever habitual, appear to be small or not to be sins at all. How then can the soul guard against them when she is no longer sensible of their deformity or the evil which they bring upon her? 2. St. Jerome says that habitual sinners are not even ashamed of their crimes. Bad actions naturally produce a certain shame, but this feeling is destroyed by the habit of sin. St. Peter compares habitual sinners to swine wallowing in mire. The soul that was washed is returned to her wallowed, wallowing in mire. See 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, 22. The very mire of sin blinds them, and therefore, instead of following sorrow and shame at their uncleanness, they revel and exult in it. A fool worketh mischief as if it were for sport. 
See Proverbs chapter 10, verse 23. Who are glad when they have done evil. See Proverbs chapter 2, verse 14. Hence the saint continually seeks light from God, for they know that should he withdraw his light, they become the greatest of sinners. How then do so many Christians who know by faith that there is a hell and a just God who cannot but chastise the wicked, how, I say, do they continue to live in sin till death and thus bring themselves to perdition? Their own malice blinded them. See Wisdom chapter 2 verse 21. Sin blinds them and thus they are lost. Job says that habitual sinners are full of iniquities. His bones shall be filled with the vices of his youth. Every sin produces darkness in the understanding. Hence, the more sins are multiplied by a bad habit, the greater the blindness they cause. The light of the sun cannot enter a vessel filled with clay, and a heart full of vices cannot admit the light of God, which would make visible to the soul the abyss into which she is running. Bereft of light, the habitual sinner goes on from sin to sin, without ever thinking of repentance. The wicked walk around about it. See Psalm 11, verse 9. Fallen into the dark pit of evil habits, he thinks only of sinning. He speaks only of sins, and no longer sees the evil of sin. In fine, he becomes like a brute devoid of reason, and seeks and desires only what pleases the senses. And man, when he was in honor, did not understand. He is compared to a senseless beast that has become like them. See Psalm 43, verses 13. Hence the words of the wise man are filled with regard to habitual sinners. The wicked man, when he becomes into the depth of sin, contempteth. The passage St. Chrysostom applies to habitual sinners who, shut up in a pit of darkness, despise sermons, calls of God, admonitions, censors, Gehenna and God, become like the vulture that awaits to be killed by the fowler, rather than abandon the corrupt carcass on which it feeds. Brethren, let us tremble, as David did when he said, Let not the tempest of water drown me, nor the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Should a person fall into the pit, there is a hope of deliverance, as long as the mouth of the pit is not closed, but as soon as it is shut, he is lost. When a sinner falls into a bad habit, the mouth of the pit is gradually closed as his sins are multiplied. The moment the mouth of the pit is shut, he is abandoned by God. Dearly beloved sinners, if you have contracted a habit of any sin, endeavor instantly to go out of that pit of hell before God shall deprive you entirely of his light and abandon you. For as soon as he abandons you by the total withdrawal of his light, all is over and you are lost. Second point, a bad habit hardens the heart. The habit of sin not only blinds the understanding, but also hardens the heart of the sinner. His heart shall be as hard as a stone and firm as a smith's anvil. See Job chapter 41. By the habit of sin, the heart becomes like stone, and so, as the anvil is hardened by repeated strokes of the hammer, so instead of being softened by divine inspirations or instructions, the soul of the habitual sinner is rendered more obdurate by sermons on the judgment of God, on the torments of the condemned, on the passion of Jesus Christ. His heart shall be firm as the smith's anvil, their heart, says St. Augustine, is hardened against the dew of grace, so as to produce no fruit. Divine calls, remorses of conscience, terrors of divine justice, are showers of divine grace, but when instead of drawing fruit from these divine blessings, the habitual sinner continues to commit sin, 
he hardens his heart, and thus, according to St. Thomas of Villanova, he gives a sign of his certain damnation. Enduriato damnationis indictium, for from the loss of God's light and the hardness of his heart, the sinner will, according to the terrible threat of the Holy Ghost, remain obstinate till death. A hard heart shall fare evil at the end. See Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Of what use are confessions when in a short time after them the sinner returns to the same vices? He who strikes his breast, says St. Augustine, and does not amend, confirms, but does not take away sins. When you strike your breast in the tribunal of penance, but do not amend and remove the occasion of sin, you then, according to the saint, do not take away your sins, but you make them more firm and permanent. That is, you render yourself more obstinate in sin. The wicked walk around about, says Psalm chapter 11, verse 9. Such is the unhappy life of habitual sinners. They go round about from sin to sin, and if they abstain for little, they immediately, at the first occasion of temptation, return to their former iniquities. St. Bernard regards as such certain the damnations of certain sinners. But some young persons may say, I will hereafter amend and sincerely give myself to God. But if a habit of sin takes possession of you, when will you amend? The Holy Ghost declares that a young man who contracts an evil habit will not relinquish it even in his old age. A young man, according to his way, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. See Psalm chapter 22, verse 6. Habitual sinners have been known to yield, even at the hour of death, to the sins which they have been in the habit of committing. Father Resupido relates that a person condemned to death, even while he was going to the place of his final call, raised his eyes, saw a young female, and consented to a bad thought. We read in the work of Father Gesolfo that a certain blasphemer, who had been likewise condemned, when thrown off the scaffold, broke out into blasphemy, and passed in that miserable state. He hath mercy on whom he will, and whom he will he hardeneth. See Romans chapter 9, verse 18. God shows mercy for a certain time, and then he hardens the heart of the sinner. How does God harden the hearts of sinners? St. Augustine answers, Obdureato de est non miserere. The Lord does not directly harden the hearts of habitual sinners, but in punishment for their ingratitude for his benefits, he withdraws from them his graces, and thus their hearts are hardened and become like a stone. God does not harden the heart by imparting malice, but by withholding mercy. God does not render sinners obdurate by infusing the malice of obstinacy, but by not giving them the efficacious graces by which they would be converted. By the withdrawal of the sun's heat from the earth, water is hardened into ice. St. Bernard teaches the hardness of obstinacy of heart does not take place suddenly, but by degrees. The soul becomes insensible to the divine threats, and more obstinate by divine chastisements. In habitual sitters are verified the words of David. In thy rebuke, God of Jacob, they have slumbered. Even earthquakes, thunders, and sudden death do not terrify a habitual sinner. Instead of awakening him to a sense of his miserable state, they rather bring on that deadly sleep in which he slumbers and is lost. Third point. A bad habit diminishes our strength. He hath torn me with wound upon wound. He hath rushed upon me like a giant. See Job chapter 16, verse 15. On this text, St. Gregory reasons thus. A person assailed by an enemy is rendered unable to defend himself by the first wound which he receives, but should he receive a second and a third, his strength will be so much exhausted that death will be the consequence. It is so that with sin, after the first and second wound which it inflicts on the soul, she shall still have some strength, but only through the divine grace. 
but if she continues to indulge in vice, sin, becoming habitual, rushes upon her like a giant and leaves her without any power to resist it. St. Bernard compares the habitual sitter to a person who has fallen under a large stone, which he is unable to remove. A person in such a case will rise only with difficulty. The man on whom the weight of a bad habit presses rises with difficulty, St. Gregory says. St. Thomas of Villanova teaches that a soul, which is deprived of the grace of God, cannot long abstain from new sins. In expounding the words of David, O oh my God, make them like a wheel and as a stubble before the wind, St. Gregory says that the man who struggled for a time before he fell into the habit of sin, as soon as he contracts the habit, yields and yields again and again to every temptation with as much facility as the straws moved by the highest blast of wind. Habitual sinners, according to St. Chrysostom, become so weak in resisting the attacks of the devil that, dragged to sin by their evil habit, they are sometimes driven to sin against their inclination. Yes, because, as St. Augustine says, a bad habit in the course of time brings on certain necessity of falling into sin. St. Bernardino of Sieta says that evil habits are changed into one's nature. Hence, as it is necessary for men to breathe, so it appears that it becomes necessary for habitual sinners to commit sins. They are thus made the slave of sin. I say the slaves. In society they are servants who serve for wages, and there are others who serve by force and without remuneration. Having sold themselves into that state to the devil, habitual sinners are reduced to such a degree of servitude that they sometimes sin without pleasure, and sometimes even without being in the occasion of sin. St. Bernardino compares them to the wings of a windmill, which continue to turn the mill even when there is no cord to be ground. That is, they continue to commit sin, at least by indulging bad thoughts, even when there is no occasion of sin presented to them. The unhappy beings, as St. Chrysostom says, having lost the divine aid, no longer do what they wish themselves, but what the devil wishes. Listen to what happened in a city in Italy. A certain young man, who had contracted a vicious habit, though frequently called by God and admonished by his friends to amend his life, continued to live in sin. One day he saw his sister suddenly struck down. He was terrified for a short time, but she was scarcely buried when he forgot her death and returned to the vomit. And two months after, he was confined to bed with an affliction. He then sent for a confessor and made his confession. But after all this, on a certain day, he exclaimed, Alas, how late have I have known the rigor of divine justice. And turning to his visit to his physician, he said, Do not torment me any longer by, by remedies, for what I have is not able to be remedied. I know for certain that it will bring me to the grave. And to his friends who stood around, he said, As for the life of this body of mine, there is no turning back. So for the life of my poor soul, there is no hope. I expect eternal death. God has abandoned me. This I see in the hardness of my heart. Friends and religious came to encourage him to hope in the mercy of God, but his answer to all their exhortations was, God has abandoned me. The writer who relates this fact says that being alone with the young man, he said to him, Have courage, unite yourself with God, receive the viaticum. Friend, replied the young man, speak to a stone. The confession which I have made has been null for want of sorrow. I do not wish for a confessor nor for the sacraments. Do not bring me the viaticum, for should you bring it, it will do that which must excite horror. He then went away quite disconsolate, and returning to see the young man, learned from his relatives that he expired during the night, without the aid of a priest, and that near his frightful howlings were heard. Behold the end of habitual sinners. Brethren, if you have the misfortune of having contracted the habit of sin, make as soon as possible a general confession. 
for your past confessions can hardly have been valid. Go forth instantly from the servitude of the devil. Attend the advice of the Holy Ghost. Give not thy ears to the cruel. See Proverbs chapter 5, verse 9. Why will you serve the devil, your enemy, who is so cruel a master, who makes you lead a life of misery here, to bring you to a life of still greater misery in the Gehenna for all eternity? Lazarus, come forth. Go out of the pit of sin. Give yourself immediately to God, who calls you, and is ready to receive you, if not, if you turn to him. Tremble. This may be for you the last call, to which, if you do not correspond, you shall be lost. Has your Lenten journey been fruitful? Have you done good acts of penance, made headway with sins that hold you back from truly being a good and faithful servant of our Lord? Perhaps. I hope so. We, When we fall into sin, it is something that contributes in a real way to, the, to what our Lord experienced. And it is something we need to think about. How do we contribute? How do we make amends for these things? How do we get right again? Let's not be today like those same people who cheered for our Lord when he entered on the donkey into the city, they, when they waved their palm fronds at him. Let's actually strive to finish the race and to not fall into sin. Easier said than done, I know. We can achieve anything, if the saints are any example, through prayer and sacrifice in union with our Lord. hope you found this helpful today. Let me know what you thought in the comments, please. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.